Greetings, troubled a return to Haven listeners. This is your host with the most, though I hate to boast, Rich French. And what you are accessing now is a small segment from our companion series, Troubled with Extra Syrup, which you can listen to on our second tier level on Patreon. Enjoy. Take a seat at the Grey Gull and get the pancakes ready because Troubled with Extra Syrup is here to fill that craving for more Haven-related content. Welcome to our patron-exclusive series of episodes. We now have three tiers, and uh, this will be kind of the first month we're doing it. So you get three tiers for $1, which you had to have paid for to access this. That gets you just extra documents, so all the summaries and notes that we do. Uh, that also gets you the Wu-Tang nickname, was, which was previously locked at $5. We now are giving out the extra syrup episodes at the $3 paywall. So patrons who pay for $3 a month will get all the extra episodes that we've done so far, like the Colorado Kid episode and our album review episode. And now this one, our Joyland pitch episode. Uh, The new $5 tier actually is going to have... Uh, director's cuts so it's going to be all the extra stuff that you've always wanted to hear or maybe you never did about all the tangential stuff we talk about there's a lot that we cut out that you guys don't get to hear about like personal stories movies opinions stuff like that they always come out once a month we'll also be doing extra stuff at the five dollar level that we don't have exactly nailed down but we're thinking stuff like we are thinking about having zoom calls where you can get on the line with us and actually uh Talk to us and ask us your questions directly and give us feedback on what you would like us to research and cover on, during our especially our special segments on our weekly show. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about. We wanted to make sure that we cover all the material that might be outside of the episodes. This month, we're doing, uh, we read the book Joyland. To kind of specify why we did Joyland, it's a book by Stephen King. And it is in the hard case crime imprint, just like the Colorado Kid was. So we decided that we would read Joyland and try to pitch it as a TV show the way the creators of Haven did for the Colorado Kid. Because they read it and then turned it into a script and then pitched it to, I think it was originally ABC and then eventually got picked up by Sci-Fi. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing that for you guys. So each one of us came up with a pitch for the show. We're going to pitch it to each other and to you. And then at the end, we're going to kind of see, we're going to see what we liked about each other's maybe I don't know, would it be even better if we combined or like if we took this idea from the other one, what you guys think, you know, so we want to do all that with the pitch. So before we get started, we kind of just want to give a quick little summary of Joyland, Um, like just real quick, the like, you know, back of the book and our opinions and stuff, information like that real quick. So so you guys are familiar with Joyland before we jump into what we're what we would both do with the show. So Joyland was a book that came out in was it 2013? 2013 2013 under the hard case crime imprint just like the colorado kid edited by i did you notice that uh notes from the author at the end to charles arday who also was like the publisher on the colorado kid it was just like into charles arday thanks man (laughs) that said um but if you want to go in real quick on just uh what joyland's about it's uh kind of a mixture of a coming of age tale and you know a, a, a hard case of crime, hard crime fiction so we, we've got a young 21 uh, year old college student who's broken hearted having girlfriend troubles and you know he 
he has to work for the summer. So he decides he's going to try to apply at a, at an amusement park in North Carolina called Joyland. And while he's there, he makes new friends. He learns about being a carny, learns the very intricate uh, carny language that uh, even the author mentions and uh, that uh, people are going to give him a hassle because not everything's 100% accurate, but most of it is because he researched it. And there he, like I said, he learns learns about this uh, murder that took place at the carnival earlier. And then uh, there's a ghost involved and we go forward. He saves a little girl who's choking, which was predicted by this fortune teller, which is really neat. And then she predicts he'll see a boy and uh, with a dog and he meets a boy with a dog who has muscular dystrophy and becomes friends with him and reluctantly with the mother and uh, the boy's psychic. And basically the boy wants to go to Joyland for, you know, to, to feel alive. They take him to Joyland and then he frees the ghost of the girl who was murdered there. And then uh, eventually our hero, Devin, uh, he figures out who the murderer is. I'll put in the show notes too, but a spoiler warning is coming in. Five, four, three, two, one. Devin figures out who the murderer is, and then he is confronted by the murderer. And at the last second, Annie, who is uh, the boy Mike's mother, who used to be a competitive shooter, shoots him right in the head on top of the Ferris wheel. And that, you know, kind of sa- saves the day. And then sadly, a few months later, uh, young Mike dies from complications of his muscular dystrophy. And then uh, it kind of ends with a, a beautiful scene, Annie and Devin on the beach. That's kind of the first time they met. It was flying a kite. He showed them how to fly a kite because Annie was struggling with it. And this time they attached some of his ashes to the kite so he could be spread. It's really a beautiful ending great book yeah and that's pretty much all there is to the book uh i i really liked it 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 for a long time i was wondering it didn't feel like a hard case hard crime hard case crime novel for a while like you were saying very coming of age it was very about the heartbreak over his college girlfriend and everything um but i feel like in the end it came through on kind of the gritty crime aspect no, I agree with you. The The events of 1973, when all of this occurred, you know, kind of uh, matches up. You know, it's a little older than Stephen King was at the time. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Stephen King was a little older than 21 at the time. But, you know, it was still fairly close to his his college days at, you know, at the University of Maine. So I, I really liked it. It was a coming of age. But then it just kind of unfolded in the middle that, wait a minute, we're going to solve the story of this girl who was murdered, you know, and uh, which was great yeah, the, the way they went about it the way they figured it out because uh, i was like you i was like is this uh is this a true crime you know you know true crime type not true crime because it's not real but you know this is a real hard crime case and i was like uh but then all of a sudden aaron gets involved takes it on her own and uh, which is a character from the book who was uh friends with uh, the main character she's Devin. the girl on the cover with the camera in the green dress um yes. she's a hollywood girl what did did you um when did you did you figure out it was lane hardy before the reveal i had inklings at first but then my suspicions went to someone else and uh it was a fred dean fred dean yeah yeah, he was trying to paint it like it was fred dean and i was like it's fucking lane like i that's when i i because uh fucking uh 
It was like that scene where Fred Dean was dressed finally instead of dressed like a professional, like a business person, he was He's dressed like a carny. And uh, and I was like, oh, no, because uh, I fucking love Fred Dean. I mean, and I liked fucking Lane Ward a lot, too. Hardy, that Lane Ward. Ward is a different character. But yeah. Yeah. Lane was, Hardy. Uh, I, I really liked him. But like, uh, what point was it? I think it was when he asked if I think it was when he asked um Devin why he took off Eddie Parks' gloves. I was like, oh fuck, it's this guy, isn't it? And I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. I was like, I don't even know if we're gonna well, find I- out who it is. And then when he took Annie and Mike to the shooting range, or no, it was the first after the first ride, he was like, uh he was like, uh uh Lane went on to go do something else, and they're like, Oh, you're operating all the rides, and he's like, Tonight I'm a man of many hats. And I was like, that's the fucking line that like you know, we're supposed to like look back later and realize that was the fucking line. He's a man of many hats. He was wearing the duck top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was. Uh, yeah. I should have I should have picked up on it a little earlier, but I was, uh, you know, and like I said, it sucks that, either, you know, because I like both of them so much. Yeah. But then at the end, when, uh, you know, Lane's true colors come out, he's pretty much a piece of shit. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's insane. <laughs> you know, he treats he, he treats Mike, the, the kid, so fucking nice. And uh, then afterwards, you know, when he, when he, you know, when when we're getting down to the nitty gritty, he's just like, oh, he's a rube, like all rubes. You know, I'm just playing the game, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that was horrible. But I thought it, it was uh, I texted you immediately after I finished it. I was like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I fucking loved it. It was one of my favorite, uh, you know, at the time, you know, and I, 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 when I look back objectively, I might not say it's one of my top five kings, but boy, it's really good. I love the coming of age story. These characters really resonated with me. Yeah, I, I what I really liked is um, what I really liked is that it seems like King had some forethought towards the end, you know, uh. There's times where you're like, where the fuck are you going at this? And and there was definitely a moment where I was like, when it's transitioning from summer into like fall and Devin's like, oh, I'm going to stay here. I was like, where the fuck is this story going? Like, what is this going to be about? Uh, but it transitioned very nicely. Uh, and then by the end, it felt like all these elements, Annie's shooting, uh, the ghosts, uh you know, laying in the hair dye and the, you know, and the fake tattoos and the derby hat and like yeah, all it, of it, well, it, it felt like it felt very, it felt, it felt more planned than he usually can pull off with the great characters that he usually, that he almost consistently always like does. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And the, and, and that's the thing though, it's, it's supposed to be a hard crime novel. So you kind of have to use some mechanisms, you know, to have a hard crime, even though kind of uh, when I think back to the Colorado kid, <laughs> you know, the Colorado kid wasn't, you know, was not really much of a hard crime case. It was unsolved no. and all of that. And uh, but, but like- I, I still, I still liked it, but I like this, like, 10 times better yeah but like i said with colorado kid is i felt like it was a thought experiment on the idea of unsolved mysteries whereas this one is more you know king definitely has like a story in mind for the characters rather than an abstract idea like devin feels very like realized um and i think i also think if we kind of look at the timeline of king within those first like kind of 10 years within his accident it takes him from what we've seen it takes him a bit to kind of get back on the horse you know 
I don't really think it's till like around 2010 that it feels like King's fully back or maybe Duma key. Duma key is exceptional. Duma key and like 11 and like, I know what you've a lot of people I hear about 11, 23 or 11, whatever, 63, whatever the day is the Kennedy book. Those are kind of the two that, you know, it seems like he's back like in full force. Cause in there you kind of got like sell and from a Buick aid and, Blaze and you know, uh, Dreamcatcher, I think, is the one exception of like his post accident books that you know, right? Uh, is ex- like comes off exceptional, but kind of yeah, in there, so, kind of a side note on Dreamcatcher. I was just reading an article, you know, on online mm-hmm. about um, what King thinks about all of his, his a- adaptations, and it said that he hated Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Cor- I mean, yeah, he hates all the best movies, like. Yeah, and that was uh, I, I love that movie. That was the the first time we got Jonesy, you know, unless he has a Jonesy character in another one. But oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Devin's last name is Jones, and the, the Carlings love to call him Jonesy. Yeah, right. So I think I think Colorado Kid or the Dark Tower also concludes in that time period of post accident, right? Which uh, infamously has a not satisfying ending. And the Colorado kid is 2006. So that also fits in that time window. So I think in there, he's kind of figuring himself out and stuff. And then it feels like, like I said, around Duma key, which I want to say is Oh nine. Uh, I might be off a year, give or take, but around then 2008 Duma key. Okay. So 2008, that's kind of when he starts to kind of come back almost like a little under 10 years. Yeah, I, I would definitely uh, agree with that because after that he does under the dome. He does eleven twenty two sixty three. I think Dark I think under seven. the I think under the dome is still kind of. Uh, I like the book. I like the book. It's an interesting co- uh, concept, you know, with the ending. It, uh, uh, it's just uh, I I like I like the first half, and then I feel like in the second half it just it's it's one of those what I'm talking about where it feels like it just starts coming undone. Like he has he has no fucking idea outside of the aliens thing which we've spoiled in a previous podcast yeah. so if you've listened yeah. to us before don't worry it's already spoiled for you um but if, if, if you haven't read under the the dome by now you're probably not going to even though i recommend it and alex probably does not i do i don't it's just the ending isn't it's a thousand page book it's a thousand page book and by the end i was kind of like oh i like the aliens thing i don't like the meth lab explosion I get what he was trying to do with Big Jim Rennie's death, but it just wasn't satisfying. Like the this just fucking bastard. It's just not. It's not a satisfying end. But like, but then again, you know that's how it is sometimes. But I think Under the Dome is one of still kind of getting his feet back under him. Well, he, he had his feet back under him with Duma Key. That that's uh that's an exceptional book. Uh, yeah. You know, and once again, you know, everyone's going to be like, you're like, a, you know, you're like a King Homer. And uh, I am, I'll admit, I think he's the greatest writer, you know, of my lifetime. And this book is, this book, you know, it was nominated for an Edgar, an Edgar Award. It didn't win, but it was nominated, you know. For and Joyland? Uh, Joyland, yeah. Okay. And it's uh, Edgar Allan Poe Awards. The Edgars are what the people go by. And it's from the Mystery Writers uh, of America. Right. But, so. Yeah, it's excellent. So that's. uh that's Joyland. That's kind of our thoughts on it. So we really liked it. Uh, I would say I liked it more than the Colorado Kid, and I see I, a lo- I see a lot more potential to turn it into a TV show over the Colorado Kid. I read it and I was like, how the fuck did they get a show out of this? Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I give Ernst and Dunn, you know, total credit. The comps, the concept that they 
pulled out of the Colorado kid is just amazing. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if someone helped them with that concept. I know they did, you know, speak with King and stuff about it. So I don't know if he gave them some ideas, but I, I was impressed. And, you know, that's why I thought it was a tall order when you asked me to come up with a pitch for my own Joyland series. So I was, I was a little nervous and apprehensive about it, but I, I like where I got to. Um, Ernst and Dunn, I'll give them this, that uh, it's very creative, but I like I've 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 pondered on the podcast before that I wonder if they had a show that was about solving supernatural crimes that they just kind of stuck uh, the Colorado kids sticker on. But once again, that's an unsolved. That's a question we wouldn't know unless we asked them. But that's always been my theory is that they had a basis for an idea down and then just were like, oh, we'll use the setting and kind of framework of that mystery uh and put it in place of this kind of like idea we've already had right and then the, this way we can shoot in canada which is probably Cheap. cheaper and, they, and one of their partners was the a canadian broadcasting company so yeah right I, right it all it, yeah. it could be but I, like i said i, I still i'm still going to give them their, their, their credit for it it's an amazing concept and uh you know obviously we're, we're biased we wouldn't be doing a rewatch podcast if we didn't i didn't love the show uh so alex uh what would you uh rate this you know on a scale of one to ten how would you rate joyland probably an eight i'd probably give it an eight it was really satisfying i really enjoyed it it's funny just because i'm i just started a job that has a lot of like physical shit i'm outside and like working with people who can be kind of like not nasty but uh they'll hear this and like what uh but people who can be a little uh difficult and it's almost like a completely different language so it was very funny that i was just yesterday at work taking a break you know or on my lunch break and reading this book in my car as devin's dealing with kind of carnies in that world as i'm in a similar entertainment field out like they're working on shit like that so it was it was pretty cool Obviously, none of the rest of the shit happened. I wasn't chasing a serial killer, but that was cool. And like I said, I thought it was much more tightly plotted. Characters are great as usual. And it was just something nostalgic isn't even the right word, obviously, because I have no concept of the 70s. But there was something just like, I don't know, really enjoyable about being in that world that like, I don't know. It was like, or maybe it's nostalgic for like King, I guess, that like it feels good to be in one of his like, you know, when he's really just on it. Oh, no, no, I know exactly what you're saying, because you're getting to see what King thought of the 1970s. And I was obviously born in the 70s, 72. So, I mean, and I historically have had a great memory. So I do remember a lot. I remember kind of the feel of the feel of the times. <laughs> I do. No, no you know, I'm just I'm just I'm just laughing if like there's any like statements repeated in the podcast they'll be like does he have a good memory but actually on the questions we've had against each other you've been right so uh, yeah it, your and meticulous note taking and memory has paid off it, it, it's kind of like memento <laughs> <laughs> stuff from the past i know but anything like the last two years i can't seem to fucking remember it i don't know getting older and shit but I do remember the feel of the era. I remember my cousin Janine wearing her jeans and her jean jacket with like an Ariel Speedwagon shirt, her hair all frizzy and putting me on her shoulders, taking me to the ice cream stand. I mean, it was cool. It, it just, it was kind of a feel good era. And then disco came and well, we've already talked about that in the previous better. Patreon episode. Yeah, Cap, the seventies didn't really start till Captain and Tennille started. Yeah. yeah the, uh, <laughs> the love didn't keep them together, but uh but it lasted a long time. It did. It lasted a long time, you know, and uh, 40 uh, you years. Know, 
rest in peace to the captain. So, but nonetheless, on the, the frontal meter, I happen to agree with you. I came up with an eight as well. So I, I like the book that that much. I mean, I, you know, it was it was very touching. Uh, you know, all the scenes with Mike and you know, Mike's, you know, and it's King. So it's not just a straight crime case. There's some supernatural involved in, in there as well. And it was just, just a great book. I, I seriously rec- recommend to any of our listeners that you actually read it. it it's, it's worth it. It's not super long, 229 pages or something like that. It's uh, worth your two, time. It is 282 on mine. All right. Thank you for listening to that limited sample of our sister series, Troubled with Extra Syrup. Once again, it's on Patreon. If you want to hear the rest of that episode, you can head over there. Uh, Join us for $3 a month. It's uh, the middle tier. $5 if you want director's cuts, but that's where the rest of those episodes will be if you want to hear the rest of all of these awesome extra episodes. Thank you for listening. Check you out next time. No, fuck. Check you out next time. Check you out. Hey. Where that came from. How you you doing? (laughs) Well, you'll be listening to us hopefully in a week. Please keep listening to us.